KPCA LP, Petaluma, California. Good morning and welcome to Inside Petaluma. I'm Cindy Thomas, co-hosting with Jason Davies and Janice Cater-Thompson here on KPCA 103.3 FM. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. morning. How are you doing? How are you doing? (laughs) Great. It's it's a great morning so far. I'm doing good. I'm going to get my second shot this afternoon. Yay. That's exciting. Make sure you have ginger ale crackers and Tylenol aspirin or uh, Motrin. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about the COVID-19 vaccine, I would imagine. Yes. That's right. Good for you. That's right. That's great. And which one did you get, the Moderna or the Pfizer? Pfizer. Okay. Yeah. Do you really have girl. a choice? No. <laughs> are, are you finding that that's kind of how conversations are leading off between everybody these days is, which one did you get? Right, exactly. And what were your symptoms? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's pretty funny. Well, I saw but, a, um, a friend yeah. of mine the other day who he won't get vaccinated because he thinks he already had it. And I said, well, were, well, you, were you actually tested? He's like, no, but everybody I know who had it was tested and I had the same thing. So, But they should still get at least one oh, vaccine. They might not need their I second know, vaccine. I know. I yeah. got yeah. <laughs> Or just go, get, just go get the Johnson & Johnson one and done. If you can, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I was talking to a friend whose son um, had COVID and he is not, now on the um, list is called the long haulers. He had actually, he is having um, fatigue Hmm. Um, and he's, you know, he's in his thirties. And wow. so it's, it's going to be a long haul getting back together. So you have a lot of, you can work for maybe two hours a day. Yeah. Um, and this is a guy that has a pretty, um, a very good job that requires a lot of thinking and a lot of work. Well, one of the so, good, good pieces of news with the COVID vaccine is that we have more enough available. It seems for teachers. For many of the teachers to get uh, vaccinated, which means uh, that's one less barrier to getting kids back in the school at some level, I would imagine. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that kind of segues into our guest, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was that was the idea. (laughs) I like it. I like that. (laughs) We're we're all on the same page. I like being manipulated. Oh, well, with that said, uh, I'd like to bring on our guest. Uh, Today, we have Joanna Pound, who is president of the Petaluma City Schools District Board of Education. Hello, Joanna. Hi, thank you guys for having me. Well, thank you for being here. This isn't your first time. You're a you're a return guest. That's right. I think it's my so, third time. I think it is yeah. too. She's, you're almost you're almost qualified to be a co-host now. She's like semi-regular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So so how how are things how are things going over at the Board of Education? Stressful but hopeful. Oh, I like that. You want to yeah. Well, yeah, that is good. You want to elaborate a little <laughs> yeah. bit? Um, well, you know, this pandemic has gone on way longer than it should have and that any of us thought it would. Yeah. Um, thankfully, with a new administration, we are going to have a lot more access to vaccines. Um, I'm sure you guys read in the paper last week that all of our um, educators in, in our school district have been offered a vaccination series. So that's That's awesome because not everyone has to take it, but everyone has been offered. So the ones who want it have gotten at least their first shot. Um, So that's what I mean by hopeful, but still stressful because we're reopening classrooms on April 12th for K-6, as well as like um, ELD students as uh, and um, students who who are identified as SDC or TSP, like those are uh, special different, uh, those are differentiations of special education. So they'll all come back April 12th. Okay. And then our 7th through 12th will come back April 19th. 
So we have plans, we have schedules. We're just hoping it all comes together. Are you experiencing any resistance from staff uh, as far as getting the vaccine? Is there a percentage of staff that is not going to take the vaccine? Oh, yeah. So I don't know, you know, because of HIPAA laws, um, I'm sure there's someone at the district who knows, but basically um, HR and other people in district call staff and say, okay, so, you know, um, you're cleared to go make an appointment and they can or cannot. Like, it's up to them. So this, I'm not not quite sure about the percent. I hope. I hope this doesn't sound callous. Um, I don't mean it to, but it just seems kind of inconsistent because we require vaccines for children to be admitted to public school. Why would we not require them for the teachers? (laughs) Oh, wow. Is that a ridiculous question or? No, it's something I've never thought about. Um, I I would say that the, the, the unions would probably have something to say about that. Well, I think the parents of school children should also have something to say about that, because in theory, the teachers who refuse to be vaccinated could be spreading the virus, right? I mean, I have concerns about other parents bringing their kids into school and not vaccinating them. And that's why we have laws about that. That's why I don't understand. Why would it not be the same for teachers? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I'm sure that has to do with some, like with labor laws. Um, and oh, also, people. I mean, this is so new. I mean, I know like when you go to college, you have to get like an MMR shot and yeah. you should get vaccinated for, um, what I is mean, that? Meningitis. There are exceptions. If you have a medical, reason, uh, if you have a yeah. medical rationale not to get one, um, some people have immune systems that can't handle them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's precisely why everybody who doesn't have that issue should be vaccinated because um, other people that can't be vaccinated are are more, more vulnerable otherwise. Right. Well, I, I would, it's not a condition of employment currently to get vaccinations. Right. No. And there's there's mitigations. Uh, like, for instance, where I worked at Kaiser, it was a requirement that all employees have the annual flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the unions had to uh, negotiate with the employer. And the solution was that if you did not take the flu vaccine, you had to sign off on it and you could not be in a patient care area without a facial covering. There you go. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, guess. We're no, go ahead, Jason. Oh, I was just going to say another option would be the teachers that are not wanting to vaccinate could still work remotely, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, they will, because we still are going to have um, like not all kids want to come back. We haven't gotten our secondary survey results yet about how many uh, kids want to stay in distance learning. But for elementary, we have um, only 75 percent of families that want to return to the hybrid method. Mm. And then the other 25 percent want to return. Yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But we don't know secondary. I believe the survey closes today. So we should have a better idea after that. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure that'll be published in the newspaper. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we would hope. I mean, we're all we all want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Joanna, I, I've been kind of following some of your uh, meetings, and there's been um some kind of nasty, a few nasty things going on or public comments. Um, you know, and I just want to say that I'm sorry that that um, that happens, uh, but it's part of being in public office. Do you feel as though this group of parents that were so angry that schools weren't open, do you think that they're backing down and are they working together with the school district more now or are you hearing from them? And what are you hearing? No, no, they're not backing down. Um, the people that we have heard from that have been the most vocal at the meetings, like that have been like nasty. Yeah. Uh, they're just mad in general. Like we can't do anything right. You know, they're upset the schools weren't open. Now we have a reopening date. And now they're calling for us to be recalled and to denounce what they call a hate group. They believe Indivisible Petaluma to be a hate group. What? And so they want 
to be recalled, yes, because we are affiliated with a hate group. But only three of us, just me, Caitlin, and Maddie. Uh, more me and Caitlin are the ones that they've um, talked about more. But yeah, so I mean, they're still upset. Well, and, who's spearheading this? Um, I don't... <laughs> I don't know the one person for sure. There's a group of like maybe 20 or 30 parents all mm-hmm. in a thread. Interesting. Like on an email thread. And they they've been on Facebook as well. Yeah, no, I might yeah, they are they have a Facebook um group. And yeah. I I think I still think it is a small um group of people and it's mm-hmm. kind of like the recall for Newsom. It yeah. seems to be more Republican driven. And it's really unfortunate that you're going through this. And especially at a time when we've been going through COVID and then these people are coming out and just putting daggers um, in your back. Why would they blame the school board? You didn't cause COVID. What's their complaint? It's probably more of an excuse, Jason, um, just to start attacking the school board because there's still people that are angry that the school board changed two years well, ago. I think it's political. I think probably yes. some of those people that uh, weren't happy with the uh, election results are perhaps using this as a political ploy. The same way that uh, you know they're they're going after Gavin Newsom. Right. Um, it's probably a very similar thing. They're taking this opportunity uh, to to try to advance something political. Um, so we'll see. I'm sure there'll be some, it, we'll, we'll probably find more about that, but that's very unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. I know you've done from my perspective, what I've seen, you've done uh, everything you can in a very difficult situation. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to segue into, um, you guys just made a decision to, because, um, Mr. Callahan is retiring Yes. And you uh, made the decision, the superintendent, the superintendent of the Petaluma School District is retiring. And you made the decision to support, um, who are you supporting? Matthew Harris. Yes. And, you know, I was kind of taken back a little bit thinking, oh, maybe you should have gone outside and started looking, um, you know, throwing the net out. But after reading his experience and his background, I think you guys made a fabulous decision and I just want to thank you for that, not having to go out. And he speaks like three different languages. Yep. He's worked in um, McKinley School, was it? Did yeah, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so, you know, at first glance, you kind of were taken back a little bit. But then when you really do your research and ask questions, I think you guys made a very good decision. And I want to thank you for that. Um, you. Some, yeah, looking within, I think, is important. And you don't always have the right candidate and he was the right candidate and I, I'm sure he was being groomed for this but boy it's really nice to see somebody being groomed that has great experience so thank you yeah I mean Gary Callahan he always states that when he you know when he built his he calls it his cabinet when he built his cabinet of assistant superintendents and directors like his goal is to make them into leaders as well so, um, yeah, I mean, Matthew's great and we didn't have to spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars with a search firm. Right. Um, yeah. and I don't know if you guys have seen how many superintendent positions are open right now. There are at least seven or eight just in our County. In wow. Sonoma County. Right. Yeah. There's right. Santa Rosa, Roseland, um, Sonoma Valley, um, I don't even remember all of them, but there's seven or eight right now. If you go on EdJoin, you can see them all. Do we know why they're, are they retiring or are they just taking other positions? Because that's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, the Santa Rosa superintendent, she said she's retiring. I think, uh, you know, COVID and the pandemic. And I mean, people have just been awful to educators. You brought up that group of parents earlier and they went from attacking us to attacking Every teacher that's in Indivisible Petaluma, um, not just to work in Petaluma, but all of Sonoma County, they're like calling out teachers. They just, educators have been attacked increasingly for this past year. So I think that's put up her decision. I don't know what happened in Sonoma or Roseland because there's um, one of the superintendents was fired and one of them like resigned halfway through the school year. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's it's education's hard in general, and I think that this has just made it worse, unfortunately. 
Well, and people are just taking the anger out um, on the wrong people or just taking it out on anybody and not taking mm-hmm. responsibility. Plus, we had a president who just mm-hmm. bred all kinds of hatred in this yep. country and right. gave people the green light to to act this way. Well, I think many of these people are probably the same ilk. I would not be surprised. No, I think they are. And it's um, it's unfortunate, but that's where we're at. And I'm just hoping that it calms down, but it doesn't seem like it's calming down because Trump has a lot of angry supporters. And we will see if it um, tampers down a little bit, but it's going to take a long time. So, Joanna, I just want to kind of go back to, um, I want to talk about the vice mayor highlights racist outburst. And this is an article that I was reading in the Press Democrat. And it's specifically talking about um, the Rotor Park City Council decided to ban fireworks um, because they they have a majority on a council. They have enough votes. And it seems as though um, Jackie Elward, who was elected this time and is a woman of color and she's um, from the Congo, got some pretty nasty um, voicemails and they just certainly appeared racist by the language. Um, Have you talked with Jackie about this? Yeah. Um, Because you were also mentioned in the article, which I thought was a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised to see my name mentioned, but um, it's fine. I mean, I've known Jackie for almost a decade. She, and it's just like, kill me. So um, Zyra Garcia, who many of you, I think all yes. of you guys know her, yeah. sent me the link to uh, her post yesterday. I was like shocked. I had an hour left to work. I'm like sitting at my desk, trying not to cry because I was so mad and upset for her. Go she, back to Africa. I'm just reading the article now. Oh yeah. my God. She, she's from wow. the Congo. She immigrated from the Congo. Uh, I think they would have said it anyway, even if she wasn't from the Congo, just because she's right. Uh, she and I was just like, I was just shocked. She is one of the kindest people. She has a heart of gold. If you like look at her bio, I mean, she's there for everything, like any volunteer event, she is there. And she ran because she cares about people. She really wanted to make a difference in Roanoke Park. And so to see her being treated like this, she's only been in office for four months. I'm sorry, she, she's been in office for two months. Obviously the election was four months ago. And this is not the first incident. I did have a chance to talk to her yesterday afternoon and just like hear, cause I didn't know what happened yesterday. So like her pain was just so raw and fresh. Um, the person, she was actually on the phone with them and they said, they like screamed these things at her. So do, do they have any idea who the person is that did this? I don't think so. I'm sure the police are looking into it. Good. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they should anyway, but especially because of her position. But yeah, it's about the fireworks. And I'm just like, <laughs> I highly like what this is what kills me. Like, and there's one person I did see their post like targeting her, but she was a majority, like you were saying, that voted to ban the fireworks, but they only have come after her in this way. And yeah, called her the N-word, told her to go back to Africa, like screaming at her. Um, She's gotten tons of angry, hostile emails. So yeah, we did spend probably 45 minutes on the phone yesterday, just kind of like, I feel you, I'm here for you. I understand how you, I know what it's like to be scared to open your email because you don't know what kind of nasty things are going to be in there or worried when you go out to the store, like, Oh gosh, am I going to see someone, you know, who's mad about some decision I've made and who's like, and like she said in the article, she said in the article or on her Facebook post, I don't remember where, but she's like, you can be upset with the decisions I make. You don't have to like it, but there's a point of just, I don't know, just ugly that, that it's the level that it's reached. I think, yeah. Like, this is, this is the quote. She says, you are free to call me and be angry with me. I mm-hmm. think I have a thick skin and can take it. However, as happened earlier today, I will not tolerate being told to go back to Africa along with being called the N word. This is totally unacceptable. Ronit Park. We can yeah. do better. Oh, good for her. It's good. Respect. Yeah. You don't want to tangle with Jackie. She'll let you, she'll say it how it is, I mean, which is have, great. 
<laughs> we have to have absolutely zero tolerance for this stuff. Um, yeah. So I, that's why I was hoping they find out who it was and, and they're charged with something. It's, it's totally. Mm -hmm. so on a, when these people call into the school board to make comments, are they racial comments? Are they specifically toward you or the entire board? Um, what's your experience been? Um, when they <laughs> I'm sure you've had a lot of experiences, but specifically on the school. When, well, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the hostile behavior did not start until I was appointed president. So and then even Ellen Webster, who had been president before, she actually went to some of these people and she's like, I was president for two years. Sherry Klebowski was president, like never have did they see this level of hostility in their inbox or at board meetings. She's like, this is and she even told them, Ellen, she was like. She's like, it feels racist to me. And that's what yeah. she told them straight up. So I appreciate her saying that and calling that out. But at the board meeting specifically, yeah, people have called in and they're like screaming at me. Um, yeah, it's it's all directed towards me. <laughs> just Awful. like the screaming. And it's like, I don't even know what they're saying. Like even you know, when someone just starts screaming, like they like the message is lost. But they pretty exactly. much just want us to step down. They want us to be recalled. Like I said, they say that we're racist and we're part of a hate group. Um, That's yeah. crazy. Oh, oh my that God, it's a frightening right. experience for you, Joanna. Yeah. Well, you I was talking. Oh, sorry. I was just. I was talking with a um, a resident of the East Side, and before he goes to take a walk walk the dog or whatever he does his um he always has his phone with him the family has a plan and it's because he's black not for any other reason and when you and I will go to take the dog on a walk we don't you know I like to keep my cell phone with me just because but I don't have to keep it with me my family isn't afraid um that I'm going to be attacked and, you know, this is pretty widespread and it's just, you know, after reading this with Jackie and then knowing what you're going through at the school board um, and then talking to people of what their everyday experience is. And it's so easy for white people to talk about this, but we really have never experienced that in the same way by any means. And um, you, don't know. you don't know how deep people's hatred is. I mean, look what happened yesterday in Atlanta. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Crazy. And, um, you know, that deep-seated hatred, it, it's, it starts in the home, and then they bring it into the schools. And, and that kind of segues into, um, at Monday's meeting, they were discussing um, the policing um, committee that it was set up. And I have, you know, like you're saying, I, I'm a little stressful over it, but I'm really hopeful. Um, my concern is that it's a really large group, um, but I think they have a great facilitator with Tracy Webb. And I think that um, Ken Savano, I believe is dedicated to working, um, mm -hmm. but it was, it's, but it's such a large group that, but the good news is, is they're all good people that were appointed to it. And it's only the beginning. So this is the first um, six meetings will get you to a certain point and then you're going to have to move to the next level. But I think it's, um, I think it's really positive. And I, you are on that committee, correct, Joanna? No, I'm not. Oh, you're not on it. Who's representing the schools then? Um, Liz Chacon. And she, okay. is the, yeah, she's over student services and discipline. It's, she is the right, she, she should be, she should be. On okay. That. Okay. So how was right. that decided? Um, Teresa asked Gary and he said, okay. Liz or Joanna, he's like, I would, he really wanted two people, but you know, after thinking about it, I'm like, people hear me talk all the time. Like, <laughs> Liz, really, she is the liaison between the uh, police department and the district. So. Oh, that's good yeah, to know. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds yeah. like, um, you know, I've been kind of, you know, thinking about it, you know, since Monday and, you know, you kind of think of it in one direction, but then when you really think, think through it, um, I think that even though it's 31 people, I believe, um, it'll still have an impact. And I'm looking forward that the city is moving in this direction and it's not going to be easy because you're dealing with police unions um, and you're dealing with real raw emotions. 
So I think it's a good thing. And I'm glad that they expedited it to get at least it moving forward. Yeah, and, I think um, great. Yeah, I think so too. I wasn't sure at first, you know, we're all <laughs> maybe a little cynical and jaded, <laughs> yeah. but um, you know, I attended the listening circles this summer, which were, I guess, last summer, which were great. Right. And I'm hoping that like another listening circle will come out of that with the city. But um, yeah, there's some great people on there. Like Teresa picked Sadie Martinez to be on. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. she was the one at Michael's who was accused of trying to kidnap someone's child. Oh, right. Um, right. Yes. Right. Crazy. Yeah. So that, that was a good pick there. Yeah. There's a lot of great people on that and who I think have had varied experiences with the police. I mean, even the one man called in and said he's never had any issues as a person of color. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, let's hear his point of view as well. Right. Let's, let's hear from everyone. So. Right. Right. Well, I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. But it's disturbing when, you know, we know that, you know, eight Asians are, were murdered last night. You're getting harassed as the school board trustee, um, you know, Jackie is. And it's, and this is in our community. So it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, on that note, Joanna, I'm sure you anticipated some challenges uh, before you ran for school board. Uh, but, you know, obviously the racism, the pandemic, uh, you, you probably didn't imagine it would be this challenging in retrospect, are you still glad that you ran for school board? <laughs> um, depends on the day. <laughs> I mean, it's honest, honest answer. It, it is honest. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, why did I do this? Mm. Um, but I actually expected this while I was running. I didn't experience right. anything while I was running. Mm. I think people were too scared. But um, like just to show themselves. But yeah, I expected this two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, yeah, it, it's to be expected. But I do have to say, you know, I did see a couple of comments yesterday. People a lot like Jackie's story got tons of shares, hundreds of people sharing it online. And people were like, well, not surprised or it's to be expected. It's like, I guess. But that also feels like very minimizing. Like yep. we shouldn't normalize this behavior. Exactly. We should, no, be like, we should oh, be outraged. Like, yeah. Like, oh, Joanna, Jackie, that's what you get for running. It's like, no, 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 that's not what we get for running. We should be respected by everyone. Yeah. Equally it, respected. Well, and for and people, not. for someone to suggest that Indivisible Petaluma is a hate group is just so bizarre. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's like calling atheism a religion. It's like, you know, the Indivisible Petaluma is all about inclusiveness and it has a zero tolerance policy against those who are not practicing that, those who are racist, bigots, uh, homophobes, um, people that are not good, <laughs> not good people. So to call them a hate group, I, I mean, that's just bizarre. Yeah. I received about probably five or seven texts from somebody just Mm. slamming me. And, and it was about, you know, something on indivisible and, you know, and I know who the person is and Mm -hmm. he finally, you know, gave up and just, you know, backed down when I said that, you know, you might not have been around when some of this stuff was happening. And then he all of a sudden stopped, you know, texting me, but they were pretty vicious texts. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know who the person is mm-hmm. and, you know, threatening to um, put out uh, photos of me, what, from 35, 40 years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty crazy what's going on. And I'm white. And yeah. so I don't experience what somebody of color is experiencing in the same way. Um, but to call Indivisible a racist group is wrong. And I guess saying that they're racist against racists. <laughs> I mean, right. Right. They, they call out white supremacy and they are saying it's racist to call out white supremacy. Right. Well, you know, it's really funny to me when, when people feel they, they feign this outrage that they're being attacked, their, their freedom of expression, their free speech is being attacked when they're challenged for their idiocy or for their yes. hate. And the, yes. the point is, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean you're immune from the consequences of ignorant speech that's hateful. 
No, you're going to get called out. Yes. You know, try calling me out on my speech. That's fine. Let's let's have a debate about it. Um, right. If you want to discuss the merits of Nazism and I'll, you know, I'll discuss the merits of liberalism. Um, that's cool. I'm happy to have that debate. Um, but you don't have a right to just cast hate and expect people to swallow it without reacting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because that's how it started. You know, Zyra called some people out and they, that that's, but you know, they, these same people have been dragging Caitlin and I like just trashing us for two years and we were just like, whatever, we'll just ignore it. I mean, you know, can't can't win them all. But then this person started uh, trashing Zyra, saying that she jumped the line to get a vaccine, and then saying right. that and and I played some part in her jumping the line. Like I didn't even have the vaccine. I didn't get the vaccine <laughs> until two weeks ago. But and then it it just became this whole mess. So Zyra called them out, and they didn't like that. And I'm like, so you're getting mad at Indivisible for doing the very thing that you've been doing for two years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep you know when uh it when people feel like they deserve power and they weren't yeah. they're not re-elected you know they're yeah. just they're acting out instead of actually participating they're just acting mm -hmm. out like you know spoiled little children that have had everything you know handed to them is yep. the actions so um, I, I mean there are unfortunately there are white people who do not want to give up being on top. Yeah. They have this worry that somehow they're not going to be privileged anymore, that they're not going to have this special space uh, where they get to do what they want with, with, with no consequences. And um, it's, it's kind of sad, uh, but unfortunately it's a reality and it's getting, you know, we saw a lot of it come up with Trump because he was appealing to a large base of the American public. That's always been there. Um, that is, uh, is racist and it's, you know, I, I'm glad we have a new administration, uh, yeah. to deal with it. Um, because now what we're seeing is that more and more of these, extremists and even neo-nazis are actually in our armed forces and in, in some mm -hmm. police stations and yeah. this surrection on january 6th that's yeah. frightening this yeah. morning um the, the conversation went on between two people and i don't want to get into who the people are but um one is an absolute trump supporter and the other sister is not and so um, the one that is the Trump supporter just kept saying, you don't know Donald Trump like I know Donald Trump. You need to get to know who Donald Trump is. And I'm thinking, how does this person know who Donald yeah. Trump is? <laughs> and a serial liar? <laughs> it, it, was, it was a crazy, I mean, but, uh, yeah. Where was, like, this, where was this conversation? This conversation was this morning. It was um, a very was it online or was it? Oh no 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 no! This is a private conversation. Mm. It's somebody's birthday today, so somebody called to say happy birthday. Mm. And okay, because I, I was of just the, trying to I was trying yeah, to figure it, out where it, the conversation it, took it place. was. It was a birthday conversation. Hi, happy birthday! It's your birthday today, and because of Trump, there's a lot of families that are divided. And mm -hmm. she just kept telling her sister, you don't know Trump. You need to get to know Trump. And it was just such an odd comment. I mean, she doesn't know well, Trump. She's a true believer. An know. absolute true believer. And she moved to Idaho, uh, but still has her property in Petaluma. And is just happy as can be in Idaho. <laughs> so. Was, You're listening to. Inside Petaluma here on KPCA 103.3 FM and streaming live at kpca.fm. And today our guest is Joanna Pound, who is president of the Petaluma City Schools District Board of Education. Now, Joanna, you mentioned that you have kids at home. Um, mm -hmm. How many kids do you have? Four. You have four kids? Mm -hmm. And are all of them in the Petaluma school system? No, one of them's in WA. One of them is, yeah, is in, uh, sorry, she just walked by me. She's at Kenilworth. Oh. Oh. And then the older two actually go to a small uh, charter school in Roner Park, Tech High. Now, oh, they go this, to Tech High? Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so how is all of this 
horrible behavior towards you affecting your kids if at all they don't know about it i don't really i mean because they're not online i think they do tiktok they're not supposed Mm -hmm. to but um (laughs) so there's no no backlash at school yeah (laughs) we don't do social media until they're 16 so the older two but um no i they don't really know i mean i've talked to them a little bit about the board meetings um gary was like you should show your girls the clip of them yelling at you He's like, because you held your composure so well. And I did have a lot of people telling me that. They're like, I cannot believe that you held yourself together. I was like, but I feel like I have to. If I came back at them, I'd be the angry black. Like, it's something I've had to do multiple times. So you just kind of go into like, all right, here's my survival instinct of dealing with, you know, angry, crazy people. Um, I did tell them. I was like, you know, something happened at the board meeting. You know, Mr. Callahan said I should show you. They don't, I don't think they want to see it right now. I don't even think I could watch it again. But um, yeah, and I did talk to them about Jackie yesterday because they knew I was upset about that. I mean, I, I, we've been very open and honest about racism in this country. We have not painted a Pollyanna view of America. Mm-hmm. Like even my eight-year-old, she'll be like, oh my gosh, I learned about Thomas Jefferson today. He had slaves. Like yeah. <laughs> she's like calling things out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've shared, you know, some, some things with them, but not everything. Yeah. I was just thinking, uh, if anybody, if their classmates are, are, are treating them with respect and, you know, you know, kids, kids sometimes can be cruel Mm -hmm. and they hear conversations at home between their parents and sometimes they take it to school and take it out on, on the kids. Yep. So let me tell you, you're not going to mess with my eighth grade with my seventh grader because she's got two older sisters. So <laughs> uh, we don't play like that. <laughs> so you have, uh, is it two more years in your term? Yeah. And so far you're, you're thinking you probably will run again or too soon to tell. Um, Sorry if I sprung soon. that on you. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm very, like I said, I'm open. Uh, it's too soon to tell. Sure. Sure. I, I would like to continue. Well, that's good to hear um, because with all of this frustration yeah. and, and the attacks, you know, some people would just say, forget this. And and the fact that yeah. you're, you know, continuing to, to see that there's value uh, in you being on the board and, um, and doing what you want to do there. Um, that's a good thing. That's you're definitely valued on the board. And I think it's really important that we have diversity on all of our boards and even with hirings, we don't want to go backwards and we we want to move forward into a more progressive or thoughtful society. And, you know, we have to address the racism that's happening. And that's why I think that the committee with the policing is important and it's a first step, Uh, but it certainly can't be the last step because it takes years to even recognize if you're having even racial feelings. Yeah. You know, we were raised pretty white. I mean, we didn't have the same experiences. And um, it's important. Do your kids feel safe at school? Have they ever come home and felt not safe? Mm, yeah, they've come home and felt not safe. Um, when my youngest was in first grade, she said that a boy said he was going to, I think, kill all the brown kids at school. Oh, really? <laughs> This is at Corona Creek. And I called the principal. He got right on it. Same with my older two, the oldest two, when there were issues at school. Um, and they got right on it. Um, and people ask me why they don't go to CASA, you know, because that's, yeah. that's the high school here in town. I'm like, well, if you remember their last year of Kenilworth, they had the white power incident in the yearbook. Oh. Uh. And right. it, it it was it wasn't just that like it'd be like the since it was not handled how I thought it should have been handled yeah. there weren't consequences for any of those kids you know the kids it kind of became a joke and they're making white power signs around the school and Ugh. you know at that point I had a choice to go either to St. Vincent where I was working or Casa and they were like that was just like the deciding factor and I'm just it 
and so this is, you know, we've been working towards these equity and include inclusion and anti-racist goals and it's going to take time, but I'm like, I want to be able to send my younger two to, to the school and have them feel safe because my yeah. older two did not. Yeah. And it kills me. I'm the president of this board yeah. and I can't even send my kids to the high school. I mean, I could, but they, I'm not going to force them yeah. to go somewhere where they don't feel safe. So the ones that are in tech high, are they twins? Yeah. Yeah. They're twins. Okay. 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 Of course. Well, I know a lot of people that went to tech high. Blake Hooper was one of them. Oh. And I think Josh, great. yeah. And Josh Simons was a tech high. Oh, he is. Yeah. He's great. I love it. He's doing Petaluma Civics. Oh, he's, he's, he's doing great with the Petaluma Civics. And oh my God, he is so um, articulate when he speaks and he gets right to ask the right question and I love when he speaks at city council members, Josh, because he's very clear, quick, and and he understood what he asked or what his comment was. And he's just adorable. I mean, I know I'm like an auntie. I'm like, oh, he's adorable. He's like that adorable young nephew. So smart and just, yeah, he's great. And yeah, and his partner, Chris, is great too. <laughs> so, yeah, but my connection with Tech High was actually my... Um, I had nephews that went there right. and it ends up that Blake and Josh know all of these same people. So I would love for our district to have um, a charter high school. That's also why I really, um, you know, cause Matthew Harris, he started PACS. Yeah. Okay. And he started the accelerated program as well at McKinley. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're like the charter school guy. I would love, you know, because mm. um, Roanoke Park has Credo and they have Tech High School. Um, Novato School District has Marin School of the Arts. It's like these small charter schools. I would love for our high school district mm. to have a charter school as well. So is that a possibility or how would you go um, creating that? And are there enough parents that are interested? And, and do you have, what is the number you'd have to have? Um, I'm not sure about enrollment numbers, but I definitely think there's interest. If you look at our K-8, which are McKinley and um, Cherry Valley, like we lose a lot of those kids to these smaller charter schools because they're used to their kids being in a small um, junior high environment. So it's kind of a shock to go from like, you know, a 200 kid um, middle school or junior high school to like Petaluma High, which has 1400 kids or Casa, which has 1800 kids. So we, again, we do lose a lot of um, our eighth graders to these smaller charters high schools. Right. And isn't that a bit of a problem? Doesn't it dilute funding from the other public schools? Yeah, it dilutes funding from yeah. Costa and Penaluma. Yeah, and this happened uh, with uh, my kids um, when they went to McNear. I remember there was a, uh, a charter school that opened up on the other side of town and several people who were local and would normally go to this same school opted mm -hmm. to go to that other one, which meant driving across town, more traffic, more fossil fuel burning. And uh, we lost a couple teachers as a result because the enrollment went down. And so the class sizes got bigger for my kids. So I actually have very um, <laughs> mixed feelings about charter schools. And in general, some of these quote school choice initiatives that are coming from mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people that are really looking at a way to privatize schools, people, right. people like Betsy DeVos. So I know it's not a black or white issue. Uh, I know that there are good charter schools and I, I'm not certainly saying that there's no value in them, but that's just one of my concerns. There's another reason I'm against vouchers um, and other efforts at privatization. Yeah, I hear you, Jason. And it's interesting because I kind of went into the district and said, I won't name her, but another board member did as well, like not really keen on charter schools, but there's a way to do them poorly and there's a way to do them well. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, like there's so much gatekeeping with charter schools, like, mm -hmm. oh, you're not accelerated enough or whatever. And I thought that's how PACS was, but it's not true. Like um, it is open enrollment, just like every, at least for our district, yeah. any kid can go to the charter school and we don't right. do all that gatekeeping. Right. Um, there is a placement test, but let's say a kid doesn't, you know, quote, pass the placement test, they can still opt to go to that school if it's in their attendance area. So there is a way to do them ethically. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times the ones that do them bad get the most press. Well, I know there's some reforms that uh, our governor is looking at with the charter system, because there have been cases where some of them haven't had the accountability 
uh, that yes. they should. And when you are dealing with public funds that we all pay into, um, mm -hmm. obviously that needs to be considered. Uh, I, I also have some issues with some ones that are religious and they end up uh, ordering these textbooks that water down very important subjects like evolution. Um, so I, history. <laughs> I just don't want, <laughs> I don't want public monies going towards that kind of stuff generally so yeah well there's you know and there's also two types of charters actually there might be more than that but the yeah. ones we deal with are the dependent charters and right. independent so the dependent charters still have to follow our um, state competencies and um like Academic they're still part of our district yeah, yeah exactly so you wouldn't have any watering down or any 1776 commission teaching <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, it's a, it's obviously education's a deep subject, and one of the biggest challenges you were facing when you uh, came in was budget. And I'm just wondering how that's looking right now, uh, because I, I remember that was a big uh, concern. Uh, mm -hmm. How's that looking right now? Um, that's another thing. It's so up and down mm -hmm. because you know we did get one-time monies from the feds as yeah. well as from the state. And that really is what saved us. Like we were looking at $7 million in reductions a year ago. And we didn't have to reduce as much but because we got COVID money. Um, I don't know what next year is going to look like. It really depends on how much we get funded yeah. by the state. Um, unfortunately, that I think, was, what was it? The one that they keep trying to pass where it taxes the rich more heavily, like Prop 30. Uh, or Prop 30. 13. Well, it's 13, but it was actually 15 on the ballot, but yeah, it was about 13. Yeah, that didn't pass again. And, you know, oh, this was the so, commercial for commercial properties. Yeah, like, like right. the Disneyland. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there was also, go, go no, ahead, Joanna. Go ahead. Well, well, there was we just, Prop 16, which was a little bit different, but it all kind of ties together. <laughs> yeah, the one would have went... Um, to fund um, schools, right? But, you know, we didn't get we didn't get our cola. You know, the cost of living from the state. We didn't get the you know the rate that we were hoping to. We didn't get you know the pers and stirs contributions, and our contributions go up every year, and the states don't go up at the same rate that we have to pay into the retirement. Um, so it just it's it's all over the place, Jason. <laughs> Well, this is, this is interesting, though. I, I'm reading, I just as you were talking, I was looking this up because I thought I had heard this. Uh, I didn't know what the number was, but apparently they're expecting uh, a $10.5 or potential $19 billion surplus uh, in California. I saw that, too. I was yeah. shocked. So I guess the, the tax... Um, taxes that that came in, I guess, were uh, higher than expected or something. Um, I, I'm not sure I have, I have to read up on exactly how this happened. But yeah, it looks like we're got a <laughs> poised to have a $19 billion surplus is what these articles are saying. So so well, maybe it, that's going to help the schools, hopefully. Well, it depends on how much, you know, because the governor sets the budget, how much, um, you know, that in the state legislature want to fund each child. Yeah. So, I mean, like people were like, comparing us to New York at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, I'm sorry, not the beginning of the pandemic, beginning of the school year. Oh, well, New York is paying for childcare. They're paying yeah. for this. But it's like New York, um, their district is run by the city and they fund at 25,000 per child, where mm. California funds at about 13,000 per child. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's why they could pay. I know, right? That's a huge discrepancy. So of course they can afford to provide free childcare, you know, for yeah. hybrid students where we can't. So interesting mm -hmm. well with the recent uh covid relief bill that was passed in washington isn't there more money earmarked for schools yes yeah there is there is we, we won't know chris i'm sure is crunching those numbers chris thomas uh -huh. she is yeah so hopefully we'll get more but you know again these are one-time funds yeah and that's and mainly isn't that mainly to ensure safety in the schools yeah, you got to buy all those hand wash stations yeah. and thank you. I'll give a shout out to Griffo because Griffo oh. donated like mm -hmm. four dozen gallons of hand sanitizer. Wow. But, you know, uh, <laughs> face masks, those shields, um, even computers, you know, everyone needed an upgrade. And then we had like classroom sets for K through six. But then we had to make sure that everyone had one. So it's like, OK, let's go buy iPads and things. 
yeah. for kids. So that's where, you know, that's where that money went. How did you deal with kids that didn't have internet? So um, we have, they're called MiFi, MiFi devices. Mm. So we were able to identify every kid who did not have internet and give them MiFi or set them up with low cost or free internet access. That's great. Again, we are that our school is already a one-to-one school, seven through 12. So we didn't have as big of a hill to climb. Mm-hmm. We look at other districts that, that weren't one-to-one, like WA, right? Where my kids go, I had to give my child my tablet to use. Thankfully I had a tablet and I can go yeah. buy another device for myself. So, huh. yeah. Yeah, internet access is key. And that that's something really we ought to be considering on a national level, just like uh, interstate highway system. It's just, it's it's something that, that really is a potentially a great equalizer, but but currently, mm-hmm. obviously, if you pay more and you're in an area that has better internet, you have more access. You've got more opportunity. That's not fair. It seems interesting when you said the word equalizer. It just seems as though the Republicans—they're all trying to make it that people of color can't vote. Oh, so. <laughs> it's not just—I mean, yeah, just generally, they, they when people when more people vote, they don't do very well. So the best thing they can do is is suppress the vote. And right, and of course, they don't want democracy; they want autocracy. So, um, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Joanna, does the um, Petaluma District have a bilingual school, or is that just old Adobe? We do not have a bilingual school, but that is something that we are going to be talking about at a forum that we have coming up on May eighth. We're going to have oh, a great. citywide forum. Well, with that said, this show is uh, ready to wrap up. We are almost at the top of the hour, and I want to thank uh, Joanna Pound with being here today. Joanna, uh, I'm I'm very pleased to see you standing up at at the Board of Education, and um, good work is all I can say. Yes. Yeah. Thank you again for being here. Thank you all. Yeah. Thanks, Joanna. And do come back. Yeah, I think on your your next your next visit here, we will right. have to make you a co-host. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been listening to Inside Petaluma here on KPCA one hundred three point three FM and streaming live on the internet at kpca.fm. And we are here every Friday from eleven to noon. However, I will say uh, this: we're currently uh, closed at the studios of PCA and pre-recording on Thursdays uh, via Zoom video conference. And I would also say that the views and opinions expressed here on Inside Petaluma are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policies or positions of Petaluma Community Access. You can listen to any of our past shows on our website, insidepetaluma.com, or you can also do that uh, by way of podcast. And with that, I want to thank my co-hosts for always sticking with me and uh and being my partners in crime and uh everybody have a safe weekend okay you too thank you all right we'll see you later bye see you next week bye bye Bye.